Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with over 20 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey local provider. also have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. And I'm Gordon Leopard, financial advisor with Richard Young Associates. Yeah, we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly radio show. We are right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. Yeah, you can also go to our website, moneymd.net. We have a link in the top right-hand corner. You can uh, stream us wherever you're hanging out this this cold Saturday morning. And um, you can also go to our podcast if you're not able to make a show. We get a lot of good feedback from folks out in the uh, listening community that they they listen to the podcast. They'll download it to their iPhone or just go back and listen to it while they're, you know, maybe a Monday night or whatever. You know, just hanging out, yeah, listening to the Money Doctors. Pick it up on iTunes, yeah. right? I mean, that's, that's a right. great way to listen. Um, also, you can go to our website and stream us. Um, but do check us out on our website, moneymd.net. You can link to us there, send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. Well, guys, we have a great show lined up for the day. Um, but, you know, before we get into that, I mean, it's the new year. I mean, yeah, sports you know, are really good. Sports are good. Did I mean, we are, we are winding down here to the national championship in yeah, college football. Before Super Bowl. that little thing, do, do you realize that South Carolina <laughs> men's basketball is 14-0? and 0? Who? South Carolina men's basketball, 14-0. and 0. They're ranked what? like 23rd in the country. Basketball? Undefeated. Wow. My friends and the women's team as well. So you now know, it's a great day to be a gamecock. You know, fourteen and zero. I mean, that's kind of like in basketball. That's like that's like not even the first half inning, is it? Yeah, I mean, they're, just, they're just getting started now. They're just getting fourteen started. or fifteen and zero hey. in football. I mean, what yeah. what you played a high school? Hey, yeah, I mean, man. what high school teams have you played the top so far? Twenty-five for the first time since nineteen ninety-eight. <clears throat> well, that's so. a good start. We'll be rooting for the gamecocks there, but but we're talking football here. I mean, Super Bowl's coming football. up, and the Panthers are, are yeah, on their way. They are. And, Hey, and there's another team that's 14 and 0 now. I wonder if Doug realizes that. Have you talked to Doug lately? Not, not lately. Yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we do wonder if Doug realizes. That. Yeah, yeah the Clemson, Tigers have a phenomenal season. Playing for, playing for the national championship against Alabama. I mean, hey, even if we lose, you can't take that away my, from us. That that was pretty good. My younger brother went down to Miami to see him play, and then I have some really good friends from college that are flying out to uh, to, to Arizona yeah. to see it. Man, yeah. what a what a storybook season. It'll yeah, be exciting. Just, It'll be exciting. I think that, and that's the matchup I wanted to see because yeah. I mean Clemson, Alabama, two great offenses. SEC versus ACC. Are you sure you wanted to see two that? great defenses? We'll see. I mean, I may regret <laughs> it, but uh, hey, either way, it's hey, what a it's, great uh, season. Whether win or lose, they have had a phenomenal season. So congratulations to the Tigers. Hey, there one, one other quick like plug for uh, Carolina. Did you hear that Deuce Staley, the former Carolina running back, mm-hmm. he was actually interviewed for the head coaching job with the Philadelphia Eagles ah, uh, last that. week? So. Interesting. You know, congratulations to him. Yeah. Uh, it'd be it'd be nice to see him get that yeah, job, get the opportunity. Guy. I actually played against him in high school. Seriously, yeah. No oh kidding. man, he was a phenomenal athlete. No cool. doubt. 
All right, we better get back to finances here, though. Our audience wants to hear about this is a sports finances show, here. Financial. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ought to. Hey, there'll be a lot a of gr- money involved there. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's for sure. We have a great show lineup for the day. You know, it's New Year. It's the New Year. So we got New Year's resolutions, right? We're going to talk about how to keep those in check. We got five steps for achieving your financial goals. And you should have some financial goals in your New Year's resolutions, right, John? Absolutely. We're also going to kind of follow that up with a similar type theme of making sure that you make these specific. And we'll get into this in a little bit more. But a lot of times people will make goals and they're not um, specific or timely and they can't measure them. So we're going to give you a formula on how to do that. And then we're going to end uh, talking about U.S. car sales. You know, this past year was a phenomenal year uh, for U.S. car sales total, um, the best since actually 2000. So we're going to mm. kind of talk about that and see uh, how that translates into our economy. It's amazing what low low gas prices will do. That and interest rates nope. were lower, yeah, too. Right, right. You know, so. right. Talk about that. Very interesting. All right. Well, we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the Congressional Research Service, and uh, there are 20 current members of the U.S. House of Representatives out of about 435 members um, that have no educational degree beyond a high school diploma and that kind of speaks two things to me first of all congratulations to them i mean that is phenomenal to do what they're doing without a, a high school yeah it's a great country it really is it shows that you know you know education is is certainly good but you don't have to have that to be successful the other thing that scares me a little bit about that is do they understand economics <laughs> you know it, it, it does and it is a, a lot of our politicians i'm not sure they do it is a little scary, but, you know, it's only 20, 20 out of 435. I mean, that's that's less than 5%. So, yeah, but, I, you know, I mean, I think it should you should be able to achieve anything in America, absolutely. regardless of education. It's very impressive. It is very impressive. So, you know, but the majority of them have degrees, political science, lawyer degrees. I'm just not sure they understand economics. No. It doesn't <clears throat> seem to be helping too much. I think <laughs> yeah. it'll be required. It required yeah, class yeah, for, course, for congressmen. They, and I think the money to, doctors ought to teach it. What do we, you think? Well, I, I would love to do that. <laughs> you know? We'd love to teach them a little bit about the How consequences of their budget. Action. Yes. That would be that would be good. We could, no get Dave out on our team for that one as well. There you go. And speaking of goals and uh, you know finances and balance and budgets, we have the five steps to achieving your financial goals. You know, hopefully for your New Year's resolutions here this year, you um you have some financial goals in the mix, right? And um, unfortunately, New Year's resolutions are kind of similar to diet your diet plan for losing weight every January, right? I mean, there are lots of ways to lose weight. But it is hard, and it takes a lot of discipline, and that's why, unfortunately, most people don't usually reach those weight goals. However, there are some things you can do that greatly increase your odds of reaching your financial goals and also your odds of losing weight. I mean, just like you can you can do in your finances. Um, you know, we all know that if you get rid of every sign of sweets or fattening food in your house, then you're going to have a lot better chance of sticking to your diet, right? Um, we also know that if you have some accountability built into your diet with someone else that are, you know, is maybe weighing in with you every day, then your odds multiply mm-hmm. for reaching your goals. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, if you add an exercise to the routine and you have maybe a personal trainer scheduled four times a week, 
mean, chances are you're going to be too embarrassed to break those appointments, and um, your chances of losing weight will increase because you have that commitment. And you know, maybe you pay for uh, those expensive prepackaged diet meals to arrive every single week. You'll probably eat those instead of fixing your dinner. So you know, if you position yourself with enough incentive and accountability, losing weight or hitting your financial goals is is going to be a lot easier. I mean, you know, I think back when I uh, I ran a marathon many years ago, and I'm not a runner by trade, but I had to 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 train and practice in a group and we would meet every Saturday morning at like 7 a.m. and if I wouldn't have been in that group I likely would not have done that so make sure you have some accountability in this process yeah exactly and and that also applies to our financial goals for sure Sure. I mean all of us have financial dreams you know we'd like to be completely maybe debt-free retire early We'd like to build our dream house, you know, pay off our children's education, maybe at a top school. Um, Maybe you want to start your own business. You know, the challenging part is transforming those financial dreams into financial goals and then actually achieving them. Of course, taking something so enormous and so nebulous and turning that into something that you can actually achieve in a specific time frame is hard. You know, it's not easy for anyone, um, even for people who achieve their goals. However, there are some ways to greatly increase your odds of achieving your financial goals and making them less painful in the process. Regardless of your specific goal, there are five steps here that we're going to talk about um, where you can drastically increase your chances of success. So here's the first one. Yeah, that's right, Stephen. Uh, Number one here is creating a detailed but flexible or fluid plan. You know, ask yourself, how exactly are you going to get from point A to point B? Where are you today and where do you want to be? You know, that's that's taking into account the time frame uh, you desire to achieve that goal and how much uh, how much can you put towards it each month, you know, especially when you're talking about your finances. Uh, your plan for achieving your goal should also involve clear answers to all those questions. At the same time, it should allow for some flexibility, you know, because we never know what the future is going to hold. Like Dave Ramsey says all the time, life happens, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and it shouldn't be the minor um, issues that throw us off track. Now, obviously, major life occurrences that that can really knock you knock you off track. But the small ones. Uh, they shouldn't. They shouldn't implode the plan. Instead, you know, your your plan should have a little bit of wiggle room built into it, Steve. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let's say, for example, um, your goal is to retire early with enough to live comfortably. Okay. You know, that's kind of a vague goal. Um, so you need to specify exactly what does that mean. You know, maybe you want to retire at age sixty with a hundred thousand dollars a year in income. But but it's also important for you to break that down even further to really define where the income will come from. You know, maybe $50,000 a year will come from pensions. Maybe another $50,000 a year will come from your investments until your Social Security kicks in at age 62. So having enough details and flexibility built into your plan really is a key ingredient to your success. So you need to break that down, and you need to have some specific details of each particular goal. Yeah, absolutely. And then you also have to add a a healthy dose of reality to your goal and break it down into bite-sized portions. I mean, how do you add that kind of flexibility? Really, the best thing you can do is to make sure your plan is based in reality. I mean, quite often we see people establish, you know, savings goals or other goals that really are outside the realm 
of what can be achieved. And, you know, a person who lives paycheck to paycheck isn't suddenly going to be debt-free in a year, but they can start. They can make these bite-sized goals, put some timing on them, and they can uh, kind of reach it. It's kind of what Dave's process is really built. Right, built put together those baby steps. Yep. Exactly. All right. Good point. So we'll continue this one, come back from our break. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call during regular business hours, Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back at these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner. I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about the five steps to achieving your financial goals. You know, guys, I mean... You know, it's the new year. Everybody has New Year's resolutions. You have goals. Hopefully, they include some financial goals. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have some of those um, in their plan. And uh, but unfortunately, it's kind of like it's kind of similar to losing weight, right? We all have new weight goals, and you know, we're gung ho about them. We jump on them, and for a few weeks. But then things kind of wane. And if you don't have the system set up in place to make sure you achieve those goals before long you can stop doing whatever it took to, to achieve that goal and the same thing happens with your financial goals you know if you don't have the accountability put in place if you don't have the specificity about your goal and the individual steps of how to get there you know you're not likely to achieve it so there are some things you can do though to greatly increase your odds of reaching your financial goals and one of those we just talked about is to create a detailed but flexible plan. You know, you have to have some details in your plan about exactly how you're going to achieve that goal. And But then you also have to have some flexibility because things don't always go exactly as planned, right? That's right. Sometimes life happens. It does. It does. So that's why you have an emergency fund. You have some, some wiggle room in your plan. You have room to, to make adjustments along the way and yet still achieve your goal. You know, every little hiccup does not derail your financial plan. Um, so that was step one. And then, you know, the next step here was to add a healthy dose of reality to your goal. You know, break it down into bite-sized portions. Um, and so you, you have to have um, you, you have to make sure there's something you can actually achieve, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you know, if you live paycheck to paycheck, you know, you're not all of a sudden going to be debt free in a year, maybe if you if you have a lot of outstanding debt. So instead, you need to look realistically what you can pull off. You know, if you're sitting, if you're setting a goal to be debt free, maybe in five years. You know, can you realistically come up with one sixtieth of that amount of your debts every single month? Um, if you have three credit cards you're trying to pay off, and <clears throat> you know there's a, a balance out there, um, figure out how long it's going to take to pay off the smallest one first. Focus on that one. We've talked about this before. Dave Ramsey yeah, the talks about ball. this exactly. And then, you know, make that your first bite, okay? And then add your payment to that one after that one's paid off to your next biggest balance. Figure out how long it's going to take to pay that one off after the first one. 
And if your goal, though, isn't realistic in the short term, it won't be realistic in the long term. So you do have to break it down into those bite-sized pieces and have to make sure it's realistic. So that was number two. Number three here is to set small milestones. Um, in fact, I mean, focusing on the short-term time frames is a powerful way to achieve your financial goals or any goal for that matter. Let's say your goal is to save $50,000 for seed money for to start a new business, for example. Rather than setting such a large number as your goal, um, say, you know, after five years, instead break it down into smaller milestones. So let's say your goal is to save $10,000 this year. And then break that down. Your goal was to save $800 this month. That means you'd save $175 maybe this week. So break it down into exactly what you have to do each individual step to achieve that goal. And when you break your goal down into small pieces with milestones, the day-to-day actions you need to achieve those goals becomes a lot clearer. It's easier to figure out how to save $175 this week than it is to save $50,000 over the next five years. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, so break it down into small milestones. That is a good point there, Steve. And nothing says I'm committed more than putting uh, that automation you know, or that auto draft in place. You know, once once you've gotten that goal broken down into those small milestones, automate the entire plan. Just put it on auto, autopilot. You know, set up an automatic savings transfer or draft uh, from your bank that transfers $175 per week to a savings account. You know, doing this, it serves two purposes. First of all, it locks you into the plan that moves you toward that goal, you know, without having to make active on-the-spot decisions along the way. You know, secondly, it puts you in a position where you focus on dealing with how to live after making that uh, decision, now after making room for your goal, not trying to decide whether you're going to make room for the goal itself. You've made, you said, hey, I'm going to do it, and you're committed to it, and now... Yeah, you, know, you move forward. Automating is a, a very simple step, but we yeah. see people that say, hey, I'm going to write a check, you know, every month, and they don't do it. Well, they keep putting it off. Yeah, or they forget about it or, you know. Yeah, I love this piece of the puzzle here. I mean, this is one of the most critical steps to achieving your financial goals, and I think it's one of the most powerful tools you can use in your financial life is to automate things. It's just like sticking to a diet plan by having prepackaged meals. You know, if you make saving money the default, then the chances are you're not going to stop saving money. You know, you're going to forget about it, and it's just going to happen, right? Um, better yet, set up automatic increases each year, like to your 401K, right, so that it right. increases uh, maybe 1% of your pay each year. Yeah, that's a that's great good, good point. Great before solution. You, before you know it, I mean, you'll be at 10%, 15% maybe, you know, going into your 401K plan. It automatically sets you up for success. That is huge. Mm-hmm. So I really believe in that one. That's a key. And then the last one here, number five, is to keep it out of easy reach. You know, once you you, you begin your savings, it can be very tempting to tap into that money for other purposes. But there should be no way for you to access that money immediately because of an impulse decision. Um, And it's going to do nothing but undermine your goal. So you should not be able to access your savings via an ATM card, for example. You need to make it hard to get access to it. So instead, save your money in a remote financial institution, maybe. Um, The decision whether to use a savings account at a bank or an investment account with an advisor is up to you. But the savings for your goal shouldn't sit in a place where you can just grab it at a whim. You know, that's what an emergency fund is for. 
Having an advisor can also help, by the way. I mean, I've heard lots of clients say over the years that they don't take money out of their account because they don't want to call. They're a little bit embarrassed maybe to call and talk to me or, you know, mess up the plan that they have set up. So accountability is a huge motivator. And you take it together. I mean, these steps, these five steps can really help guide you toward almost any financial goal you can imagine. And, you know, that's what's needed is the dream and it's the commitment. And the commitment, you know, to, to achieve those goals means creating a detailed plan, adding some flexibility, you know, a dose of reality, setting the small milestones, automating it, and then keeping it out of easy reach. Those are the five steps. Mm-hmm. Helps you stay focused. Exactly. Okay. Well, that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this question is related to the stock market. And it says, I noticed the stock market did not do very well in 2015. And and question is, should I be concerned? Markets have been a little... Volatile starting out the new year here. Yeah. So just, just now noticing that, huh? Yeah, right. Oh, right, wow. right. A couple, yeah. uh, couple ups and downs. I guess third quarter probably got people's attention uh, when we had a correction. And um, so, that, you know, should I be concerned? I mean, the, you know, the reality is no one can predict the stock market. Um, you know, the markets have always gone up and down and up and down and so forth. It doesn't feel good right now. I know there's a lot of, you know, there's a political, you know, uh, questions. There's obviously international questions. You look at uh, South you know, North Korea with what they're doing. And bottom line is be diversified, have a plan, um, put money in on a monthly basis. Historically, that has been a rock solid plan. And uh, you got to make sure you're in the right risk profile. So if you're more conservative, have some bonds in there. That'll that'll lessen some of the dips that we've seen. But it'll you know if you have some stocks historically, that has been a great place to um to to have growth. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think it helps a lot to step back and look at the big picture. You know, I mean, look at history. Go back and look at twenty, thirty years of market data. And you'll see that years like this, even two years like this, where we had two years now where the markets have been flat, it's not that unusual. I mean, it happens, you know. In fact, I mean, there have been a lot of down years in the market, right? We've had 2008. We had 2000 through 2002, which were down. Um, You know, we had 1987, 1990. Yeah. There have been, you know, a lot of down years of the last 30 years. And so you just have to take the step back, look at the big picture. I mean, remember 2013, that was a great year in the stock market, um, up 30% probably in your portfolio if you're all in stocks. Um, 2012 was a good year. It was. 2003 through 2006 was a great run. Um, in the stock market, and those times are going to come again. So you just have to step back and realize: Are you still on your goal? Are you still on your 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 path to reach your goals? And if you are, then you don't really need to make any changes. But you need to make sure you're diversified. Make sure you're invested in a lot of different asset classes. Rebalance your portfolio if necessary. But by all means, don't get concerned. Yeah, most I mean, of, stay in the game. Yeah, most of the time it's best just to leave it alone. Obviously, work with your advisor. If you don't have one, um, you know, go read some Dave Ramsey books or listen to us. Um, but, uh, you know, cause for concern, no. I mean, this is pretty normal. It is. It's not that unusual. So just keep it in perspective. Look at the big picture and make sure you're still on your track to, to reach your goals. Okay, good question. And that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call during regular business hours, 706-739-0725. You're listening to MoneyMD. We'll be right back after these messages and GNN News. Stay with us. 
Doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are going to lead off our uh, next segment here with um, really the same topic. It's kind of a continuation mm-hmm. of the New Year's resolution themes. Um, but this one is focusing more on making and keeping financial New Year's resolutions. You know, how do you... How, how do you make those and keep them? Um, John, I'll let you elaborate. Yeah, so this comes from Marketing Pro. This is a, a service we subscribe to. And, uh, you know, one of the questions you have to think about, and, and um, you know, Tammy and I, I'll have to say, have not gone through this process yet where we uh, we have it on our list. We have, you know, our kids are in the house from college, so we haven't had a lot of quiet time. So next week we're going to go out on a date and look at, 2016. Sit down and do some planning, some goals, not only just in the money side, but some other areas as well. And um, so you got to look at the decisions, behaviors that might help your personal finances, your retirement prospects, your net worth. Start sitting down and thinking about those. You know, each year, you know, presents a clean slate. Um, you know, it's natural to think about what you might do differently in the in the next 12 months ahead. So, you know, sit down and do that. You know, looking at New Year's resolutions um, that you want to look at is is important. And so we're going to dive into a couple of, of ideas here. Like we talked about before, you know, when you're saving for retirement, you got to save with an end in mind. You've got to look at when you're going to retire. It's one of the questions that we have when people come in is they are, they're like, well, I want to retire. And they ask that question. And, and really the answer is, is how much income do you need? If someone tells me how much income they need, I can say, yeah, you can retire. No, you need to work a couple more years. So you've got to think about how much and when you're going to retire, the retirement date, and, and we can tell you if you can retire or not. So that's one thing you have to look at. Another one is is make sure that you're maximizing your um, 2016 retirement plan contributions. These limits have not changed from 2015. It's still 5500 into an IRA if you're under 50 uh, or 6500 if you're over 50. So make sure you're utilizing that for um, as a traditional IRAs as well as Roth IRAs. So that's a great savings vehicle. 401k is another one, up to 18000 under 50. And if you're over 50, it's $24,000. Those catch-up provisions after age of 50 can make a huge difference. We've done calculations before. And, um, but it's something that you have to have. It has to fit into an overall plan, right? You can't just do this shotgun. You've got to come up with some, some strategies and plans to, uh, to start the year out. Yeah, it's got to all fit together. And, um, you know, you also just have to keep in mind there have been some changes along the way. There are changes every year to different aspects, different rules um, of retirement plans. And we had one with Social Security that just just happened. So if you want to retire in 2016, you have to be mindful that they've ended the file and suspend provision for Social Security for a lot of people. Um, Social Security is closing the door on that file and suspend claiming strategy that married couples have used to try to optimize their Social Security benefits. So if you're married and you'll be at least 66 years old by April 30th, 2016, then you can you and your spouse still have the chance to um, to use that strategy, you know, here for a couple months. Um, however, uh, starting May 1st, that chance disappears forever for all married couples. 
um, regardless of your age. And if you're if you're not 66 as of April 30th, by April 30th, then you can't do it anyway. Um, it's still going to be permitted on an individual basis, but not for couples mm-hmm. to file and suspend so that your spouse can claim a yeah. spousal benefit. Yeah, similarly, the opportunity to file a restricted application for spousal benefits has also gone away. I mean, that was another tactic that uh, retirees employed in pursuit of um, you know more Social Security. So I had a couple that came in this last week, and we were talking about this. And, you know, uh, uh, Social Security is... It sounds simple, but it's very complicated. It so really I is. always recommend folks go to the Social Security office, sit down with them, set an appointment up, and get your exact benefits and the rules that are going to apply to your situation. They do have that information. That's what they're there for. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it is complicated, and sometimes even the Social Security Administration doesn't really understand all the details. So yeah. I, I'd suggest go on their website, yes. ssa.gov. Right. And uh, you know, research whatever issue you want to you want to ask you're, you're wanting to know about. That's a good point. Uh, next one is: Can you review and reduce your debt? You know, where where can you make some some progress there with your debt? Look at your debts one by one. Uh, you may be able to renegotiate some of the terms of maybe some of your uh, credit cards or some of your lending uh, situations, and maybe lower those interest rates. See if you can cut the number of debts you have down. And like we alluded to and spoke about earlier, start with that smaller debt first. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dave Ramsey talks and he implements, you know, the snowball, um, the debt snowball. And the reason he does that is it's psychological, you know, because he said that if it was about the numbers, we wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, Dave has classes. They're called Financial Peace University. You can That's go right. on his website, DaveRamsey.com. There's a little button at the top that says classes, and you can key in your zip code, and you can see classes all over the CSRA or wherever you are. If you're listening in, in Texas to us today, you can key in your zip code, and there are going to be dozens of classes, you know, in your area. I mean, yeah. so that's and a great Gordon's resource. Teaching. Yeah, we'll actually be starting one at our church at True North Church yeah. uh, February 16th, I believe. Cool. And I'm sure you guys will probably be starting one yeah. here in the spring as yeah. well. Yeah, Cedar Creek will definitely have one. So there's a lot, lot of different ways, and it's just good good information to, to look at. So maybe that's a good New Year's resolution as well. Another one here on the list is rebalancing your portfolio. Um, you know, we talk about this, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Many investors go years without rebalancing, and that can be problematic. Um, you know, if you're owned too much of a declining sector or, you know, if it's just not structured the, uh, the right way. When the markets do drop, if you have some bonds, you can actually maybe buy some things on sale. So rebalancing has been has been a good tool to take a look at, and this may be a good time to do that. Uh, another one here on the list is make sure you can um, – you can maybe start to solidify some of your retirement variables. Start looking at timing. Uh, the couple that came in this last week, they're 66 years old. They have uh, a lot of real estate, and they're trying to figure out how their puzzle is going to produce income. Um, and so sitting down with a, uh, a, prof- a professional advisor may be needed to help define some of these because it is confusing. They have a lot of tax issues and you know questions about where their income is going to come from. So we're going to do a retirement plan for them to figure it out. Yeah, that's a great idea. The, the same applies to college planning. Um, you know, if you have a child that has now reached his or her teens, you know, if you can get in the ballpark a figure on the cost of attending local and state colleges, that's going to put you that far ahead. So you really need to do that. Even better, I mean, inquire about financial aid packages and any relevant scholarships and grants. You don't know how much your state scholarships are if you're in South Carolina or Georgia, you know, the Life Scholar. 
um, you know, the Palmetto Scholar in South Carolina. And make sure you understand what those are and, and, you know, how those are going to figure into the equation and whether or not your child is going to qualify for those potentially. And if you have, you know, college savings built up, I mean, develop a plan and a projection to determine, you know, how those savings need to grow over the next five or ten years to, to reach your goals for college. Yeah, you know, I had a conversation with um, a family, and they're doing such a great job on saving. They're going to pay their house off in ten years, which is exactly the time that their kids are going to start college. Oh, that's perfect. So they're saving for college today, but what's probably going to happen is they're going to be able to cash flow their kids' college, so their savings are going to save in a brokerage account that'll be able to be used for anything. That's great. So yeah, so paying off your house will give you some additional cash um, as well. So so how do you keep these New Year's resolutions, guys? I mean, a lot of times we see most resolutions don't they don't they don't make it they falter. So you know, one thing you have to do is make sure that you have concrete steps and uh, you have to have clear goals, like we talked about before. There's some other resources as well. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, like we mentioned, you know, if your aim is to say save $20,000 toward retirement this year. Map out the month-by-month contribution to your retirement accounts. Uh, that will help you ch- obtain that goal. And there's there's lots of tools online that we can use. Uh, Level Money. You've also got Mint.com. Dave Ramsey has a tool called Every Dollar, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great resource. You know, And this can really help you structure and examine uh, your cash flow from week to week and month to month. And you can use it to make sure that you stay on track you know, and, and stay heading in the right direction toward that goal. Yeah, so an- another thing we talked about earlier is accountability. Get someone close um, uh, to you, a close friend, loved one uh, involved in that. I, I recommend for-, for people paying off debt, put it up on the refrigerator, kind of like the United Way goal. That's right. You know how people go towards goals. Put it up there. Talk with your kids about it. Make it make it um, visible. You know there was a study by Dominican University of California on this very subject, and they found that when when people set near term goals and they kept those goals private, they achieved them about thirty five percent of the time. But when they informed friends and you know sent weekly progress updates, they surpassed seventy percent. You know um, success rate. So. Include other people. Yeah. Get other people involved in it. Yeah, that's a huge difference. No kidding. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, don't let your goals go the same way as your diet plan. You know, that if you're like me, time and time again, it kind of goes by the wayside. John, he just looked at me when he said that. (laughs) Maybe we should have a scale at work, guys. There you go. A weigh-in scale? A weigh-in scale. Oh, we could do that. Yeah. 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 I'm sure the ladies in the office would love that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think so. I quit. I don't think anybody would. (laughs) No, nobody likes to be forced to be held accountable. But uh, But it does help. It It definitely does help. So, But we're not going to do it at the office for morale reasons. But Anyway, all right, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call during regular business hours, 706-739-0725. You're listening to MoneyMD. We'll be right back with these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is the Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are um, going to start off our last segment here with the prescription of the week. That's right, Steve. Um, prescription of the week. When you set goals, 
make sure they're smart. And what we mean by that is make sure that they're specific, measurable, obtainable, realistic, and timely. I love that. That's a great acronym, SMART. SMART. Yeah, that actually is, yeah. comes from Dave. It fits. Dave, Dave kind of preaches that, and um, it's good. And, you know, the other thing that's not on there is, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, is make sure it's accountable. And I would make it uh, visible if you can, you know, like putting something up on the refrigerator. But, you know, making goals, people make these large goals, and you can't hit it if you don't have a, you know, it really is almost a day-by-day step. Sometimes it's a week-by-week, but it's got to be in small bite, bite-sized bite chunks. Was it Zig Ziglar that said if you uh, if you shoot at nothing, you'll hit it every time? Yeah, that's, that's right. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. You know? So smart, specific, smart. measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. That's, that's a great way to remember mm-hmm. how to that's set right. your goals. And so there you have it. Great uh, prescription of the week. All right, and that leads up to our last topic here, and that is um, the U.S. economy. You know, I mean, while there are some weak areas of the U.S. economy or some areas like the stock market that haven't been too uh, impressive here lately, um, you know, there are some things that have been been pretty good here, right? Like say, U.S. car sales have been there, booming. There, there the have been year. some bright spots. I think um, uh, probably Clemson Tiger Apparel's good. There we go. You know, yeah, uh, record sales. <laughs> yeah, Carolina's like, on like discount. The, you know, I like the way you think, rack. John. That's a great. I loaded point. up on discounted Carolina gear during Christmas, man. I mean, <laughs> Did you? Perfect opportunity. You got it all now. <laughs> they were giving it away. <laughs> Buy low. Yeah. Well, I got all the Clemson stuff, and next week you're going to see it all if we win on Monday, buddy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, like you said, Steve, this has been a record year uh, for car sales in the U.S. Um, they accelerated through December with automakers poised to report some of the highest annual sales tallies ever. And that's shattering a record set back in uh, 2000. Full, result, uh, full results are still being compiled and put together right now. Uh, not all of the data is in, but based on reports by top automakers, um, U.S. car sales appeared headed uh, for the best-selling month of the year and, like we said, the best December ever. In fact, General Motors, they estimated that um, over 7.5 million vehicles were sold overall in 2015. Now, that's a lot of cars. Back in uh, 2017, 2000, there was a record of 17.4. So 17.5 million, that is a lot, a lot of vehicles. Yeah, I mean, we're talking a record here. I think it's the biggest year. It's going to be the biggest year ever, ever for U.S. car sales. That's huge. And so that is. I mean, the largest automakers said their deliveries to dealers this past month rose 5.7%. On average, it was 290,000 vehicles. Um, it was bolstered by strong demand in, in pickup trucks, was one of the biggest areas there. I mean, for the year, GM said retail sales were up 8%. <clears throat> From 2014 at 3.1 million vehicles, um, Chrysler, uh, Fiat Chrysler, uh, another uh, one of the major automakers here on Tuesday, they posted a 13% gain for the month, extending the Italian U.S. automaker sales uh, gain streak to 69 months. Wow, that's a pretty good so streak. That's a pretty darn good streak. I mean, this has been pretty good. Jeep brand sales, they soared 42%, best month ever, helping the automaker reach their best sales in over 90 years. Wow. And, you know, they went, through a, they went through a slump for a while. Oh, they did. I mean, uh, I guess that's when they got bought out by Fiat. A, a, a little while back, uh, yeah, yeah, Chrysler did, but... They got Cherokee, um, Compass, Renegade models, uh, had their best month of sales overall. Um, Wrangler, Parrot, um, best 
December sales ever pair. It must be one of those French models. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Patriot. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Patriot, you're right. Okay, there you go. Fiat Chrysler, they said their full-year sales rose 7%, 2.2 million vehicles um, for the year, finished the year with the an 81-day supply of unsold vehicles, which apparently is very low. Yeah. Yeah, Ford had a, a good report. They increased 8.3% um, for the, uh, for the, uh, the automaker's best December ever. Uh, F-Series pickups rose above 85000 for a 10-year high. You guys know how much those things cost? Uh, they're starting in the what forty to fifty grand. They're range. probably forty to fifty. I mean, that is, yeah. they are expensive. Oh, yeah. They're wow. nice, very very nice. But um, I always hear Dave in my ear when I see somebody with a new big truck. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. it is amazing. They're driving their driving their retirement. Now, probably is, it, is that the one with the the alloy? The yeah, aluminum I think frame? so. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it must be. I mean, they're doing well. It's the. Um, uh, they saw their best uh, December since 2003, and for the full year, Ford's U.S. sales rose about 5%. Um, the Lincoln Luxury brand, um, the MKC, and the Navigator did extremely well, pushing the uh, overall sales up to about uh, up 7%. So, I mean, everybody's pretty much positive here. Well, that, and it, you know, it wasn't just the U.S. automakers uh, that did well. The Japanese autom- automakers, they also contributed uh, to the month's robust results, rolling out double-digit percentages um, in increases from a year ago. You know, Toyota, they reported, um, said that the two additional selling days helped lift new car sales in the U.S. by over 11%. You know, and that that's, again, that's huge. Um they said that they also experienced great increases in their light truck sales as well. So just like I think it was GM that was talking about the Silverado uh, and the GM Sierra, Toyota also experienced uh, better truck sales this year. Yeah, Honda was another one. had had great sales. Um, they reported their U.S. sales rose 9.9% to 150000 wow. Yeah, I mean, in December for an all-time annual sales record. You know, Honda and Acura. <laughs> Uh, brand trucks. They set the record for annual sales, which rose 9.7%. So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Nissan was up as well. I have have a question for you guys. Uh, Good time to buy these stocks, or do you think it's already priced in? Ooh, uh, yeah, I would (laughs) say that's already priced in, John. Yeah, public Uh, information. But a lot of times people see that. They'll see headlines and say, oh, I'm going to go buy, you know, um, Ford stock. Well, I mean, you know, these late. analysts, yeah, a little late. <laughs> yeah. So these things are all public information. They've already been priced into the stock. So buying stuff on headlines, not a good idea. Yeah, I mean, we're going over this because it's entertaining. Yeah, not, no, not, but I was just trying to relate it back to the... Right, and it's a great point. Yeah. I mean, because if you're reading the Wall Street Journal trying to, you know, glean some new information that you're going to go invest with, um, you're a little late. You might be a little bit late there. That's right. That information was in the price probably, yeah. you know, two days ago, um, long before it hit the hit the, uh, the newspaper stand. That's, that's right. Not everybody's done good, though, right? No, 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 no. Uh, what about Volkswagen? You know, they've <laughs> yeah. been in the news for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's right. You know, the the emission scandal has really, really uh, weighed on their sales uh, this year. You know, the company actually posted a 9.1% uh, decrease in U.S. sales. Ouch. You know, in fact, this past Monday, uh, the U.S. Department uh, of Justice, Justice Department, actually sued them Um seeking billions of dollars in penalties in the wake of allegations for installing a a device that would defeat or, you know, dupe the emissions test in diesel-powered vehicles sold in the U.S. So, you know, that ingenuity, that technology could end up costing them billions. Hmm. 
Yeah, that should hurt. That, that that's going to be that's going to be pretty bad there, isn't it, John? Yeah, no doubt. De- December has become an important selling month with year-end targets, holiday sales. Um, you know, the firm uh, Kelly Blue Book estimates that new vehicle sales in December rose thirteen percent overall, uh, or one point seven million vehicles. That's just amazing. Um, so that would be an annual rate of about eighteen million for the fourth consecutive month. And it says as they move into the new year, they expect the strength to continue, uh, maybe a slower rate than this year, but still very, very positive about it. Yeah, I mean, interest rate increases um, have certainly helped, you know. Um, uh, well, I mean, I guess they haven't helped. I mean, the, it's a, a glut of off-lease units lowering used car prices and raising manufacturing incentives um, could stem new car momentum is basically what they're saying here. They're saying this may end here mm-hmm. soon because slow. of rising interest yeah. rates and right. and uh, the lowering of new car prices. Yeah, Kelly Blue Book, they estimate that the average transaction price for uh, vehicles in December climbed about $300 um, to $34,400 or so. Um Less than 1% from the same year um, as luxury sales rose to more than 15% of the market. I'm amazed that people are spending $34,000 on vehicle. The average person. Mm, yeah. That's a lot of money. It is a lot. Well, they're, they're putting themselves in a bind. It's a payment of a, probably about 600 bucks. You know? About five to 600. And like you alluded to and said earlier, John, a lot of people, they're driving their retirement. They really are, you know, I mean, and, and they'll they'll do that cycle their entire life. Yeah, right. I was actually speaking with a young girl the other day, and we were talking about, you know, budgeting and stuff like that. And we were talking about the expenses, and she, she mentioned her, her car. And I was like, that doesn't have to be an expense. Yeah. And it was like I was speaking a foreign language yeah. to her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so despite all this new car information, you know, here, our, our suggestion is to buy used, don't, you know, pay cash for it, don't take on a lot of debt here, but hey, it's great for the economy, so it's good to hear that new car sales are And that there's some booming. cash flow going on there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, well, this has been this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Go Tigers. Ladies and gentlemen, material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC.